Good morning. Welcome to the Republican Professor. We have Dr. Shannon Holzer on with us again. Thanks for joining us. And we wanted to get to more stuff that we didn't get to last time. And so if you, I'll link the first episode in the show notes or the episode notes on YouTube and where this is posted on the website, you can check out his bio, but, uh, Dr. Holzer, thanks for joining us again. No, thanks for having me again. We didn't get to last time. What did you, you served in the United States Marine Corps. What'd you do in the Marines? Uh, a couple of things. Um, I started off, you know, it's funny because I, I was really mad. I thought I was going to have another job going in, but um, I ended up getting trained as an engineer. There are two types of engineers in the military. They're vertical and horizontal. Uh, the vertical build things and the horizontal blow up things. Uh, so as you move forward, the uh, horizontal build things. And as if you're in retreat, the, you know, the, you know, I said vertical, you know, build things, the horizontal will tear it down if you're in retreat, I suppose. And um, anyway, so I was trained for that. And uh, the, First Gulf War started at, at the time it was uh, Desert Shield. It wasn't even Desert, Desert Storm yet. And I'd come out of school. I got stationed in Hawaii. I was like, ah, this is really cool. And then they put me in a, what's called forming platoon, which I was about to go uh, uh, off to Iraq, or it would have been Kuwait, I guess, uh, or Saudi. And, you know, I uh, have all my stuff packed. And then they started calling out names. And I was one of them. And, and uh, what it was is they were calling out these guys who were called special testers. And these are people who got a certain, you know, um, number on their ASVAB and you have a, a certain, you know, you know, number associated with Did you. Did you say ASVAB? Yeah, ASVAB. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of things, they've come back to bite me. Um, In the ASVAB? Yeah. That's great. So, yeah, exactly. I've actually never heard that one before. Yeah. And so uh, I was put before a couple panels. So, you know, a couple colonels had uh, interviewed me along with some other guys. And then uh, we took some physical fitness tests. Uh, and then from there, they uh, gave me orders and I went down to Pearl Harbor instead of going to Saudi. And I was trained by the State Department and uh, some other groups in security forces and we became a fast team, which is a fleet anti-terrorist security team. And that was pretty cool because, you know, uh, you know, went from carrying an M16, carrying a shotgun, you know, in the Marine Corps is kind of interesting. Was it and pump action or was it semi-auto pump action, right? Pump action. Yes. Yeah, baby. Was it a <laughs> Remington it, 870 or a Mossberg? What was it? It was a Mossberg. It was a Mossberg. Sweet. And we had to go back to, to just carrying God. the, first of all, we like, God. Yeah. Oh, it's a great experience. And I remember them telling us, uh, you know, look, we know you're not going off to Saudi like the rest, but you're going to look back at these this time, some of the best times you've ever had in the Marine Corps. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, we were a super tight group of guys. Uh, really, we did all sorts of cool training, uh, all the high speed, low drag stuff, you know, that all these, you see guys, you know, spy rigging and repelling and, all that stuff and you know these are things we got to do we were doing room clearing tactics you know with our you know you know 
handguns and then they had these really cool paintball guns that were you know handguns so and so it's like eight shot handguns uh with paintballs and we're in their room clearing and you learn how quickly you can get shot and how hard it is to shoot people mm-hmm. you know when you're when uh, you're yeah. in action and uh hostage situations and all that stuff so it was, it was a great experience and then uh when i got out of that uh, I, I did that for over a year and then once we got sent back what we call the fleet um I got sent to another unit, which I should have gone, and it was, I was a little bitter about it, but I, I should have gone to what was called LSC, Lending Support Company. And I would have been a red patcher where, you know, the, the Marine Corps has this group of guys with a red patch on their on their cover. That's their hat. That's what we call our hats, comb covers. And it's this little red square. It's like a little target, you know. And it all has to do with beach landings and stuff. And so anyway, uh, but I got sent to... Uh, to 1st Battalion, 12th Marines, Artillery Battalion. And I was like this engineer in an artillery battalion. So you, which drove, sounds you, like, drove, a, you drove a train or uh, you said you blew things up. <laughs> was that a no, horizontal? Two, okay. No, I was actually uh, vertical. So I was the building ah, kind. Okay, yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha. And I, I actually, you know, would be in like bulldozers and, you know, huge forklifts. What I ended up doing was I ended up being in the uh, in artillery where we'd go out to the gun lines and I'd deliver all sorts of you know ammo to these guys, these oh. high explosive shells, and you know along the gun lines and it's just just pounding you know just ordnance <laughs> and uh, it was I mean that was a good experience too well, being out in the field. What'd you take away from that? That does there anything about your military experience that informs the way you do your current job the, the way you, you're a professor absolutely yeah there's a lot more discipline to my life now because of the marine corps mm-hmm. uh I, I i say it and i'll say it all the time i i believe that uh i didn't give as much to the marine corps as the marine corps gave to me hmm. uh the marine corps uh just it taught me how to win it taught me to be just gave me confidence mm-hmm. it gave me uh, a method by which i could use to uh, execute things uh, i learned now don't get me wrong nobody likes to be told what to do but i learned how to be told what to do i learned how to listen to authority and say yes okay and that's a huge thing it, right there oh not give anybody attitude i had to tell that's you know, a students. huge thing huge i have to tell my right students yeah. i have to tell my students look yeah this is something in your life that if you just somebody tells you something to do and they're your boss you go okay and you don't you don't say but you don't give them an answer mm-hmm. um, and that had to be just wrung out of me as a as a young yes. marine yes. so i was in the um on the fast team and we were in a particular place uh that probably shouldn't be spelled out but it was the dry docks and if you know anything about dry docks the the ships come in and then they uh, a gate closes behind them and they drain all this water and they put uh all the water and then they put them on like scaffolds and stuff and they work on these things and there's top secret and stuff for what they're doing in there and these dry docks are just stories high like 20 stories high and the stairs up and down them are steep 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I was given, you know, uh, when I was there, we didn't see any officers at all. It was all run by uh, E5 and below. Okay. So if you're a sergeant, you were the highest ranking, uh, you know, guy there, NCO, non-commissioned officer. So corporals had a lot of authority over somebody like me, who was a E3, a Lance Corporal. And it's amazing and I, how many people don't know ranks. Like it's, it's amazing to me how many ordinary Americans don't know ranks. I mean, I knew these ranks that you're talking about, like when I was in like junior high, but oh yeah, I, I know that I know adults that don't know what a corporal is and they wouldn't know it's an NCO. They don't know what an NCO is. They don't know anything about the military. So they know nothing about the distinction between officer corps and the, the non-commissioned officers. Yeah. They assume you start from a private and you can make it to general <laughs> without realizing you have to, uh, you know, go to college and go to OCS. Right. Yeah, that's right. Just to get an OCS. So I, uh, so anyway, I was giving him an attitude one day and uh, this guy comes in, the corporal of the guard, he comes and he says, Hey, holster, come here. So I said, yeah. He says, go, go put on your gear, which meant put on my full combat gear, my, you know, flak jacket, which is like 15 pounds. The whole setup would probably weigh about 45 pounds, including weapon, you know, my weapons, ammo and stuff, gas mask, a helmet. So I had to put all this stuff on. He goes, all right, let's go. And he started taking me for a run up and down the dry docks. Just me. He's just wearing me out. And then we get back and uh, he's tired. So the next corporal, we'll call him Corporal Ski, says, let's go, Holzer. And he takes me out and they just take turns wearing me out and they get tired. And then uh, we get back and I take off my gear and I'm just, just drenched in sweat. So I'm there for about 10 minutes and here comes, you know, another, you know, corporal skull holster and they were taking turns because they were going to run my attitude out of me and uh i learned what were you doing do you recall what 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 was your how was your attitude manifesting that well yeah i had a chip on my shoulder Uh, i grew up with a chip on my shoulder i didn't like authority and um so you joined the marines yeah i know (laughs) you were going to show them what to do (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so Sergeant Simpson, Join the Peace Corps Corps next time. Yeah. So Sergeant Simpson tells me, so say Holzer, he says, you know what? You got an answer for everything. <laughs> and and I did. And I just I remember just shutting up right there and just went, and eh, you know, when you're right, you're right, you know. And he was right. And um they ran it out of me and I learned, shut up. <laughs> You know, so was just, that, that was effective, what they did, how they did oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I respected it after that. And uh, it was good. I mean, they had, they made use of their authority wisely and um, they didn't care how I felt. They did not so, care how I felt. So let's, let's uh, unpack oh, that a little traumatic. bit. how traumatic. How traumatic. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> I no, no, man. And that, that was, they would. I just remember Sergeant Simpson one day we we're in line in inspection. He gets up to this one guy and I'm not going to say his name. Uh, uh, can you, like, can you give us a social security number instead? I can do that. Just no. give us something. <laughs> this guy was just, 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 he comes up to him and looks at him, he looks him up and down. He's like, your clothes are wrinkled. <laughs> your boots aren't polished. Your breath stinks. <laughs> he just ripped it into the guy and i'm like oh god i'm glad i'm not in man um and i mean he just laid into him 
and uh, this guy was a scout sniper. I mean, he was the real deal. Um, and he just went off on this guy and, and rightly so. And we, you need to get him squared away. And mm-hmm. I, I think the Marine Corps allows, you know, people to do that, to yeah. point out, to do things. And well, that's what I was going to follow up with you about is, is that the, the method, can you walk us through psychologically for you? How, how, how did, how did you feel yourself changing? Like how, did, at what point and, and mm. did the technique that has been tested and true, right? This has been tried okay. and tested for a long time. At what point did you feel yourself changing inside and becoming less of a smart ass or less of a chip on your shoulder? When I got out, uh, it was pretty clear that when I got out of, uh, let me tell you something. So you were already out of the Marines when that happened or did this happen in the Marines? Two things really happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Marine Corps used discipline, but then I started going to Hope Chapel, if you recall, and that's where um, I started really becoming interested in the things of Christ. Okay. Pastor Ralph. Yeah, but I mean, I really what was it? What was it? Ralph Moore. His name Ralph is Pastor Moore. Ralph Moore. Yeah, and I really started learning, and I needed to learn because I was kind of being assaulted by a bunch of you know intellectually being assaulted by all sorts of world views about the uh, truth claims of Scripture, right? In in the Marines. In the Marines, yeah, mm-hmm. and so um, were you a Christian at the time? Well, you know, I grew up Catholic and, um, you know, you go, oh, okay, I affirm these things. And at age 15, I had, you know, prayed the sinner's prayer. Uh, but of course, at 15, you're still kind of doing 15-year-old stuff. And then I really needed to get my life together. The Marine Corps cleaned me up, gave, uh, gave the Lord really an op- opportunity to work with a clean, sober slate we'll call it. Okay. And, uh, but I remember there was one Marine who took notice and he was a Christian and not a perfect one. Not a perfect. In fact, a lot of people didn't like him because he was kind of arrogant and stuff. And he's this really big buff jacked up guy. And anyway, uh, but he was a Christian and uh, I remember him saying, Holzer. What was his rank? He was a corporal. He was a corporal. Okay. So he's above you. Just a little, yeah, yeah, one yeah. rank, but but he was, but that meant uh, that's significant in the Marine Corps, the, you know, the jump from uh, non-NCO to NCL, you know. So, How old was he? do you remember? Oh, uh, yeah, he's probably about twenty-two. Okay. So, but he said, "Look, twenty-three, maybe, because we're you know we're getting there, and uh, to the four-year mark, and so yeah, we're around 22, 23. Mm-hmm. and he's like." Um, He's like, what has gone on with you, man? I said, what do you mean? He says, he says, you've changed, man. You've become a much better person. Like he noticed it. He took note. And uh, it was at that point, uh, you know, so I, I had the Marine Corps, which was working on me, you know, response, being responsible, being on time, not being a jerk at work, learning how to say yes, sir, to, to you know, orders and stuff like that. That was all great for the Marine Corps, but a real attitude change took place when Jesus got a hold of me. Okay, and it really helped take the chip off my shoulder. Amen. 
and I wasn't pissed off all the time, if I could say that, which I'm sure I can. And I was, man, I was just an angry guy. And then, you know, Christ enters my life and all of a sudden I wasn't, I wasn't this mad guy. You know, I probably still had some anger issues, but there was, there was a distinction uh, between, you know, my, my life before Christ Siri, you know, and, and I know he'd been working on me the whole time. Prayer had been a part of my life since I was a little boy. Okay. And I prayed every night, but being, um, not just more open, but, you know, about talking about Jesus, but open about learning about him, it changed quite a bit. And so, uh, it's, it's made a big difference. Those two elements made, uh, the book, especially Jesus made the made, biggest impact in my life that I could look back on as to, um, any success I've had. Not to mention, it gave me direction. I, I, I had no idea what I was going to do when I got out of the Marine Corps. And all of a sudden, now I'm interested in the life of the mind, you know, the life of Christ and uh, evangelism and, and so forth. And so it, it gave me purpose and it gave me meaning. And here I am 20-something years later still doing it. And yeah, there you go. Still not pronouncing the P. In core, corpse. Yeah, I'm like, huh? Yeah, yeah, the corpseman. <laughs> How does so when you come to your role as an educator, you and mm-hmm. we talked about this last time, where you you gave some story about uh, some background about how you approach school as yourself when you would get a grade, yeah, versus what you see and generally in students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally, totally know what you're talking about. I, I have the exact same experience. I don't know. If, and, and Curtis too, you mentioned, we talked about Curtis <laughs> taking logic three times with Chalky and just having an attitude of respect for the discipline and for the professor. And it's not just, I, I think it's trust too because when you joined the marines you were putting your trust in the marine corps i mean you you're putting a lot of trust yeah into that institution so yes you had a chip on your shoulder but at the same time you obviously had a a level of respect and trust there i had deep reverence for, for the marine corps yeah well, that's what allowed you to be shaped by that. Yes. And I wonder, like with the students coming in, I don't know if they have that kind of trust anymore. I certainly yeah. don't see the respect. I don't see the respect at all for the yeah. discipline for themselves. Right. When I, when I see my uh, students over the years, um, I, I don't want to get going on that because I don't think we have time today, but mm-hmm. uh, we don't have the same uh, time that we had last time. But um, I have to be honest with you. I, I have struggled with uh, myself despair oh, looking yeah. at the students and just seeing a difference, even just in the short time I've been teaching, which has only been not even two decades, right? Right. Yes. And just seeing the changes in the level of respect that students have 
for themselves and for the institution and for learning, you know, gaining and growing in wisdom, they're so distracted and they're so, they want the college experience and they're so naive (laughs) and they don't seem to, to have any concept of how naive they are and how, Mm. how they can grow in maturity. Right. Right. And so I, I feel like, I wonder the military, I think helped set me up well to be that kind of a professor to see that stuff. Here's something interesting. And I've done these surveys a lot in my class. I've asked my students, how many of you have thought about joining the military? And not only do I get a surprisingly low number, I ask them why. And a lot of them are, are, are just appalled at, at even thinking about it. Like they're like, I want to do that. Like it's something bad to do. Um, and then I say, you don't feel any uh, duty to serve your country. And they're like, a lot of them are like, absolutely not. Like as though Thomas Sowell says something great. It's how interesting how, mm. how people who've really given nothing to their country have some uh, deep uh, feelings that somehow this country owes them something, mm-hmm. you know, a country owes them something to which they've given nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and I, of course I, I blew it, you know, on the quotes, not, but, and that is, that's the feeling I get when I talk to a lot of my students and it, it, it is pretty de- despairing. Like you said, they all have opinions though, about what the, the culture of the military should be like and how, and the, how the promotions should go. Right. In terms terms of die, in terms of uh, diversity and inclusion, women in combat, uh, homosexuality. Of course, that's like an old, that's an old thing now. Now it's like redefining not only marriage. Well, first of all, is redefining hate. Hate now means disagreement, but only if you disagree with them. If they disagree with you, it's not hate. It's fine. It's uh, rainbows and, and balloons. So I, I had a guy, but, uh, but, but they want to redefine marriage. And then uh, yeah. I was telling people, it's not going to stop there. Once you start Heraclitus in the world of Heraclitus, there's no stable reality. Yeah. And, yeah. and here we go. Redefining marriage again. It's, and then, oh, oh what's the latest iteration of, of gender? And uh, it's amazing what you point out with people when you, when you just look at the letters and how they keep adding letters, oh, yeah. LG, I, I've always said that's the same thing. It's homosexuality. Right. Yeah. And then bisexuality, you're talking about sexuality. Oh yeah. Those are the legal terms, homosexuality and bisexuality. Those are the terms that the APA uses, the American Psychological Association in the amici yeah. briefs that they put out. And then you have transgender as if gender is, is it gender the same as sex? I always thought gender was the same as sex. Yeah. 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 So why are we using the term gender? I don't know. I mean, why not transsexual? You got homosexual, you got bisexual, you got transsexual. Well, it's no transgender. What's that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you just keep mm-hmm. adding things and now you're redefining man. Now you're redefining woman. Now, now you're adding pronouns. <laughs> you're, you're changing pronouns around. That, that have been around in the English language for centuries. 
Um, and, and you can't even, even the people on the left can't keep up with it. No. You know, and, and, um, and now those people you're talking about that have such a, an aversion to military experience have a lot of opinions about how it should be run though. Oh yes. And what, what's appropriate in a male locker room, for example, not, not only in the military, but on a ship at sea in combat or, or in combat or, or, um, now, you know, even in locker rooms in high school, like for minors, you're talking about minors now. Yes. So anyway, um, yeah, look, yeah. when I was in the Marine Corps, there was a civilians guy. run the military in our country. So this yeah. is the kind of civilians we're, 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 we're raising. Right. So when I was in, you know, before I, you know, part of my physical, they asked me, and this would have been a disqualifying event. They would have said, they did say, the doctor said, have you had a home sexual experience? If I yep. said yes, I, I would not have been admitted into the military. Um, of course, I didn't. So, well, I was asked, are you a homosexuality? Uh, are you homosexual? That's the question I was asked. Yeah. So I, I got <laughs> the other. But then when I was in boot camp, um, I went into the, um, I don't know, some administrative office and they were kicking people out of boot camp. Where'd you go to boot camp? Uh, San Diego? Was, yeah, MCRD San Diego. And so they were, um, there were these two guys there trying to get out and they're saying, uh, why, why are you asking for this discharge? And they were saying, uh, their, their claim was we want out because we're homosexuals and they immediately discharged them because, you know, it, it wasn't even don't ask, don't tell it was, you were not allowed in this. And, and there were reasons, uh, for this at the time. And, and so it is interesting to see that. Um, but you know, and then of course you go onward to Bill Clinton, don't ask, don't tell. Now, now they they get rid of don't ask, don't tell as though that that's so bad. And then they go, uh, the rate at which our, our society is changing, like you said, and it's not just in that area, although it is, um, is mind boggling how quickly you can change people's moral beliefs by use of, of technology. The internet yeah. has shape yeah. a generation yeah. yeah it's technologically shape. driven i think oh absolutely well it's certainly that way with women in the military and by the way the word woman that i'm using just to now we have to define her i never grew up having to define the term woman but it means yeah. adult human female okay yes and uh gender and sex i the example i always give is cowboys and indians right indians is not a gender term could be men or women could be male sure. female right but cowboys is a gendered term and it refers to a a, a male uh and and it's a it's a it, of course the role of you know um being on the range and and dealing with cattle i mean that's Mm -hmm. Of course, the, the idea kind of morphed into just kind of carrying a gun and actually not being responsible for cattle at all and just having a hat and a belt buckle yeah. and, 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 and cowboy boots. But a cowgirl is, is the same thing as a cowboy. It's just she's female. <laughs> so it's, a, it's actually not that hard of a, 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, little kids can understand this. It's very easy to understand. It's not like I see a cowboy hat and a, you know, boots and I go, boy, no, yeah. it's a cowgirl. We have, it's a concept. She, she's, she's a female. It's a reality. It's the same that we thing. And tag. It's, it's a not that Anyway, but now, I mean, uh, I just, um, because of technology, it's made it easier for women to serve high up in the military and to serve different roles in the military because the necessity of face-to-face -face combat where you need males basically mm -hmm. has been mitigated by technology. Yeah. yeah so, sure. so now there's this feeling of rights and a feeling of, I have a right to advance and I have a right to be a general. I have a right to try to be an admiral and I have a right to be a, in as much involved in the SEAL teams as possible or the Rangers or uh, probably not, marine recon yet but <laughs> i mean not in directly but in support roles obviously like intelligence and stuff and it's it's serving in the military ironically is now a right it's a right to um be included in the military and 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 have advancement it's not a function of necessarily winning wars but but of being treated equitably um, as a citizen of the, of the United States, or actually not even necessarily a citizen. Um, but um, anyway, uh, I, I did want to kind of uh, use this time and, and get into your background about the military, because I, my sense was that you are, the qualities that you have as a professor, which mm -hmm. are vintage qualities and old school and awesome. Vintage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where like you you hold students accountable and you really care about the kind of people they're becoming mm -hmm. i really had a sense that that was re rooted in military did you were you going to say something curtis did i, no, cut I you said off? that's so old school all that description that you gave of what shannon's doing with his students just oh, old, old school yeah and it's what you've said today just confirms Oh, there's a lot to be said about modern um, or contemporary uh, education and how they how uh, they're moving, you know, away from test taking and mm -hmm. you know and and grades and mm -hmm. how we talked about the grade inflation last time and their discussions even at the elementary school level of ridding the school of grades A B C D and E. Uh, a lot of the reasons is because we don't hurt feelings uh, to make more descriptive, like, you know, up to standards does not meet standards, stuff like that. And if you, but it all results in the same thing. Grades have whatever you put down as a descriptor has meaning and reference to where the student is in regards to what's being taught. Mm -hmm. But the point is they, they're trying to do their best to, keep from hurting feelings and the military the great thing about the military is they don't care about your feelings well actually they do now they, they, well, they, now they do. okay which because way, because of the kind of civilians you're talking about the civilians in our country run the military that's the, the structure it's a good design so when you have bill clinton for example someone like yeah. bill clinton who is running the military it starts this kind of cascade effect where you're trying to reinvent something because of feelings 
not because it helps you win wars necessarily. And with no experience. Yeah. That's a real naivete that I tell you about using, let's use the military as our social experiment. Uh, Well, your enemies, you know, you assume your enemies think the same way you do. Socially experimenting on kids. Why not? Yeah. You think, look at what we're doing to kids right now. Yeah. Do you think Russia cares about feelings? Their military? Do you think they're worried about the LGBTQRS? If they were further along technologically, we'd be in real trouble. We just have it. We have an edge technologically. I don't know how long we'll have that edge. Yeah. But it's, and, and if the standards keep going and if people don't believe in America, which mm-hmm. is, I think, what you're getting at. They don't believe in America, right? Mm-hmm. They don't believe it's, they believe America owes them, but they don't believe it's worth fighting for. Okay, how's that going? You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, they want the right of, of illegal immigration, <laughs> ironically. I mean, that's, that doesn't even make any sense. The right of. Right. Yes, of but, course. But, uh, but, but this is a racist country. I thought <laughs> that. Uh, why are people coming to a racist country again? Yeah, that's right. How's that work? Yes, that's I think that's a great, great, uh, great anyway. question. Actually, I got two minutes of class. So okay, brother. For, but thank you so much for being on, and we look I forward to having you on. Lots, lots more to talk more about, no more in detail. And good luck in your class today. It's just over the I had so much to add. So I'm looking forward to I know you back. do, yeah. And we'll get there. Yeah. All we'll right, get buddy. there, brother. All right, Curtis. Good to be with you, Shannon. Yeah, good to see you. We'll see you all soon. And uh, I'll I'll talk to you very soon. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 See you, buddy. So I'm still recording. Uh, I thought we would just chat about what you heard and what your reaction to that was. Oh, um, I was, yeah, I was just listening and chiming in, just giving my two cents here and there. Oh, it's great. It's great to hear that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I always, every time I, I actually really enjoy listening to people's ex- military experience. Um, I, I wanted very badly to g- join the military when I was young um, and uh, made some poor decisions in my own life that kept me from being able to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but uh, have st- always stayed close to those in the military, always had military friends. I, I, re- I relate, I think best with people from the military. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up with a father in the military. My grandfather's in the military. Uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law were both in the military. Um, both, both of them were, Oh no. Uh, he, he was a Marine and, and everybody else was in the army. Um, so it's just, yeah, i some of my best friends are in the military as uh as you know <laughs> so i enjoy it i enjoy it yeah did you have anything else that you wanted to cover uh with him today that we didn't get to oh geez i mean there's probably i like he said there's pro- there's just so much mm-hmm. there's so much that we could talk about um for shannon and i it's it's kind of like you know this guy that i've i've actually known shannon for uh, since grad school. So what is that, you know, 20 years, but we've just never really interacted. We never, we haven't interacted at all since grad school. Um, and, and our interactions in grad school were, 
we're still limited to classes and things like that. And um, this, this opportunity is like, Oh, wow. Here's a, here's a gem that, that uh, I, I, I never got to experience in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this sense of exploration and catching up all at the same time. Yeah. Um, Cause we have so much shared experience that we just haven't shared <laughs> between the two of us. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to our time with them. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll cut it off there and we'll see everyone next time. And I'm going to stop recording now and we'll talk more.